Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Very glad you're with us for the Tuesday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. We have good, bad, and crazy martinis for you today. Uh, we're also, of course, watching what's happening in New York City, uh, the shooting at the Brooklyn subway station. Uh, as far as we know, at the time of this recording, just a couple minutes before noon here on Tuesday Eastern Time, uh, they do not have a person in custody. They obviously don't know a motive. Uh, very sketchy description at this point. There may have been a train smoking as opposed to a device that was smoking. So a lot of unanswered questions. And if you're watching the wall-to-wall news coverage, uh, they're out of facts in about 30 seconds. So we're going to leave the speculation to them and, uh, and, and, and hopefully have more details tomorrow. But for those who are injured and being uh, treated for gunshot wounds or anything else, um, we obviously hope that uh, they recover quickly and that uh, the person responsible or persons uh, is uh, brought to justice swiftly here. Jim, uh, any other thoughts you want to share today? Not really, other than, you know, it, it's it was intriguing. We heard, oh, shooting at a uh, subway station. Like, oh, you know, another terrible case of, uh, you know, a mass shooter or violence. Various details, including the, the possibility, at least initially, it was that there was unexploded explosive devices. Uh, then there was a claim of a smoke bomb. You know, again, the, the the situation at those subway stations is as foggy and unclear as the news reporting is right now. We'll have more to say about this probably tomorrow. But until then, we'll just say, you know, look, sounds bad. Reports are coming in. You know, we'll let you know more as we know more. Exactly. Exactly. We are not going to speculate here. So uh, let's talk about, uh, I think, our one happy story of the day. And that is standing up for parents uh, as listeners to this podcast and anyone who follows politics uh, with any frequency knows parents, schools, one of the biggest reasons that Glenn Youngkin and the whole Republican ticket got elected in Virginia last year, along with uh, Republicans uh, claiming the majority in the House of Delegates. Uh, Glenn Youngkin uh, signing a a whole list of bills here uh, because of the short legislative session, and a couple of them dealt with education. Of course, we chronicled his uh, optional mask law that uh, was very controversial for a while until the Democrats decided they uh, were going to head in that same direction. But uh, Winston Sears uh, is the lieutenant governor, and she has a great personal story. But she was also on Fox News Channel, and she was uh, being asked about this ongoing fight about, you know, who is going to decide what our kids learn. Is it going to be parents? Is it going to be school boards? Is it going to be the teachers? And honestly, it's going to be a combination of those things. But for some reason, the left doesn't seem to want parents to be front and center in this discussion, whereas, of course, most conservatives do. And so that issue came up in a couple different ways in this brief interview uh, on Fox News. And uh, first of all, Sears put it right out there in a way that the Democrats probably aren't going to like. They better start listening to parents because, you know, the children do belong to the parents, not the state. Absolutely right. And then she talked about what is happening in Virginia with the uh, legislation that Governor Youngkin signed. And she brought up the class division here, Jim, which I think is a really important point. 
about uh, options for rich and poor parents. We got two bills through. The governor just signed them this week. One of them was that uh, the, the State Board of Education would convene a panel to include parents so that they can help make decisions about what their children are going to learn. And another one was that any sexually explicit material that are going to be provided to children, parents must be notified. I mean, imagine that this is what we have to come to. And by the way, this is not, again, against the rich and the poor and all that, because the rich have already made the decisions when it comes to their children. If they don't like what their children are learning, they pick them up and they put them somewhere else. It is those of us who don't have the means to move that our children are being subjected to this. And we're saying, no, we're not having it. So really a double-barreled good martini here, Jim. First of all, I would say common sense legislation uh, when it comes to educational policy coming out of this legislature and this governor. And then also I think her point is excellent, which drives into the school choice issue, which uh, is a goldmine for conservatives, and I think especially this year. And she makes the case very effectively. You know, Greg, if anybody in the country would have a real understanding of the power of education-related issues and parental frustration with public schools, it would be the Virginia Republican ticket <laughs> headed by Glenn Youngkin and with Ms. Sears, but also, you know, the Republicans who nearly won in New Jersey and had gained, you know, in the legislatures in, in both states. Um, all of these little races we had across the country in 2021, Democrats were lucky that it was not a midterm election year or a presidential election year that they only did badly in these scattered races and two governor's races. And obviously they you know, won New Jersey by the skin of their teeth. But we, we're seeing here, I think, is this increasing tension. We, we've long described this relationship between the Democratic Party and its officials and teachers unions as being symbiotic, right? It's very hard to tell where one stops and the other starts. Uh, Democratic teachers unions, not only does their membership always vote Democratic, they openly endorse Democrats. They say Republicans hate education, blah, blah, blah. And in the right coming on the heels of this heated angry contentious bitter fight of when are you public schools going to reopen you've been given you've been put to the front of the line for getting vaccination for getting vaccinated it is now safe why are we only two days a week why are we only four days a week and then the fighting on masks and all that stuff somehow Dem a whole bunch of teachers and in some cases their unions have chosen to say we're going to have one more fight with parents on top of this we want to have a fight over some of the most you know, contentious and emotionally intense topics in American life, race and sex. And in fact, we're going to take this wildly new position that our job as teachers is to undo or deprogram what the parents have taught their kids at home. This is an amazingly contentious position to take. Like, like anybody with a, an ounce of common sense would look at this and say, oh, this is not going to go well. This is not going to go well. Parents send their kids to school wanting them to learn reading, writing, and arithmetic, prepare them for college, prepare them for the workforce. Nobody says, but I really want my kid to know exactly how 47 genders there are. I really want my kid to know uh, that American history begins in 1619, and if they're white, they should feel guilty. There are no parents who go, say, oh, please do this to my kids. I, I see your job as a teacher to tell them which party to vote for and to indoctrinate them into a particular ideology. None of the, nobody was asking for this. Nobody was yearning for this. And yet, Democrats, you know, a whole bunch of teachers have said, no, no this is what we're going to do. And your job, Democrats, is to protect us and to tell the parents they're wrong. Now, my suspicion is, we've already seen a couple of cases here and there. I don't think that a whole bunch of Democratic officials want to go out onto this limb. I know it seems like it right now. But the memories of this recent fight over reopening schools 
uh, are pretty fresh in people's minds. Now, I don't know how if Democrats officials are going to stick by this. Uh, they certainly aren't getting a lot of clear leadership from their own White House. Clearly, the, uh, the the ubiquitousness of the Twitter left makes these positions sound very popular. And yet you see, look at the polling down in Florida. Ron DeSantis is doing just fine. So my suspicion is, is that this is another box canyon that the teachers are who are way to the left of the average American, way to the left of the average parent, are marching the Democratic Party into this box canyon. And they're going to lose very, very badly on this issue. So, you know, kudos to Lieutenant Governor Sears. Kudos to Republicans for saying, no, this is not what we have schools for. We, have very, we had a clear consensus on what schools were supposed to do. And then somewhere along the line, the last couple of years, te- schools and teachers have decided, actually, you know what? we're going to throw out all this stuff we've always taught. Now our job is to teach the most contentious and controversial racial and sexual concepts in current American culture. And let's see how this works out. Unsurprisingly, parents are outraged, and you'd think Democrats would have learned this lesson by now. They're not, and this is fantastic news for conservative Republicans. Democrats are on their way to a severe comeuppance. Yeah, we talked yesterday about how Biden is uh, way behind on every single issue, and here is another one. I mean, I think most parents are probably exhausted over the fights, yet the left just keeps pushing it. And like you said, uh, overall, these do not pull well, even among most Democrats. But, uh, you know, the White House is marching in lockstep with every woke movement. They don't have any sort of pushback on anything on any of this stuff right now. All they're doing is aligning themselves more and more with the with the radical part of the party. So uh, it will be good, hopefully, for the midterm elections. But it's bad that the Democrats are just lurching so far to the left because getting them back to rationality is going to be very hard. Uh, anyway, let's talk about something better than where the Democrats are right now on education. But uh, good martini at the Republicans still have it, right? But look, fortune also favors the bold, the strong, and the brave. And for your business to break out of anything holding you back, you need business checking that's as brave as you are. And that's why Novo is introducing Novo Business Checking. Novo is powerfully simple business checking. And unlike the traditional banking model, Novo has no minimum balances, no transaction limits, and no hidden fees. Instead of a one-size-fits-all approach, Novo is customized to your business to save you time and to free up cash flow. With seamless integrations into Stripe, Shopify, QuickBooks, online, and more. Sign up for Novo for free and join the community of more than 150,000 fearless small businesses who found the customizable business checking solution that admires their brave. Sign up for your free business checking account right now at novo.co slash martini. Plus, three Martini Lunch listeners get access to more than $5,000 in perks and discounts. Go to novo.co slash martini to sign up for free. Novo.co slash martini. Novo Platform Inc. is a fintech, not a bank. Banking services provided by Middlesex Federal Savings, FA, member FDIC. Terms and conditions apply. All right, one more bit of good news, Andy, and that is the fantastic deals you can find at 4 slash martini, including their signature offer right now, a free solar panel with the purchase of the Patriot Power Generator 2000X, and of course, free shipping on all orders over $97. 
You want to be prepared. You don't want to get caught unprepared when your power goes out. It's going to happen eventually. It's just a question of whether you're in the dark for a few minutes, a few hours, or maybe even a few days or more. The Patriot Power Generator 2000X, worth its weight in gold. It's now got double the capacity and it'll keep your big appliances running, including your fridge, which is full of food that just keeps getting more and more expensive. It's got 12 outlets, including four AC, plus two USB-C outlets that can charge your phone 20 times faster than normal. So visit 4patriots.com martini to get your Patriot Power Generator 2000X with the free solar panel included. Plus get free shipping on orders over $97. Save more and get peace of mind now by going to the number 4patriots.com martini. That's 4patriots.com martini. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, Jim, let's move on to our bad martini now. And this is a double-fisted bad martini. I think if folks have heard the news this morning, you know what part one is going to be. And that is that inflation, year over year, 8.5% increase in March. It's the worst number since December 1981. The talking point from the White House, of course, is this is a Putin price hike, that it's all because of Putin, even though these year-over-year numbers were uh, troubling long before the invasion into Ukraine. Um, according to the uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics, the consumer price index for all urban consumers increased 1.2% in March on a seasonally adjusted basis after rising 0.8% in February uh, over the last 12 months. The all items index increased 8.5% before seasonal adjustment. Good job by Heather Long over at the Washington Post for uh, breaking this down into different categories. Groceries uh, cost 10% more now. Biggest spike, she says, since 1981. Meat, poultry, and fish up 13.8%. Highest since 1979. New cars, 12.6%. Biggest ever. Electricity, 11.1%. Biggest since 06. Home furnishings, 10.8%. Biggest ever. Rent, 5.1%. Largest since 1981. Fuel oils up 70%, gas 48%, used cars 35%, hotels 29%, airfare 24%, and on and on and on. And energy, of course, drives a lot of this because if energy is more expensive, then everything that you have to transport anywhere gets more expensive. And uh, the obvious answer is to increase U.S. energy production. But of course, we can't do that, Jim. So instead, Biden is going to allow more ethanol in our summer gasoline. E15, they call it. Usually it's banned between uh, June and September due to uh, clean air standards and so forth. But he's going to let the uh, the 15 percent blend go uh, because it's likely to bring gas prices down. Oh, but it's also a lot worse for your engine, meaning you're going to run into uh, automotive repair or the need to buy a new vehicle, which is a heck of a lot more expensive right now. So every time they claim they're coming up with a solution, they're generally making things worse. You know, Greg, if energy prices were high, but food prices were low, I guess I could live with that or I could see the, the logic behind that. As all listeners who've been to the grocery store lately know, in fact, no, no, in fact, food prices are high. Yes, you know, uh, gas, gasoline prices are 48% higher than they were a year ago, which is by far the worst. But you are paying 13.7% more for meat, fish, and eggs, 
10% more for food at home, 6.9% uh, more for food away from home and, and other factors. As I put it in today's morning, Joel, people are not are mad, not just because gasoline is much more expensive, but everything is more expensive and it's hitting them every single time they buy anything in the state of this economy. Um, but what's more is that, oh, but you know, what's going on in that country they call the breadbasket of Europe, Greg? <laughs> There's a war. The war. I mean, I know it looks like Ukrainian tractors are busy pulling all the Russian tanks every time on social media. <laughs> but in fact, those are they're not actually getting out there to plant the crops, to plant the wheat, to plant the seeds, to start the stuff growing so they can harvest it. There's going to be way less exports of wheat from Ukraine this year than there usually are unless the war comes to a screeching halt. And as of this recording, there's very little sign of that happening. When that happens, there is going to be a severe food shortage. Probably Egypt is the country that's going to get hit the worst, but really the entire Middle East and European region isn't going to get all of the wheat that they usually get from Ukraine. Um, oh, by the way, you know, Russia is also a pretty big exporter of wheat. Some countries are going to keep the sanctions on that. Others will not. Most places have kind of not made food covered by uh, current sanctions regimes. But in other words, we are currently going towards a serious commodity and food crisis around the world. And Joe Biden wants to put more corn in our in our car engines. This is not a good policy. This is not a good policy for bringing down gas prices. This is not a good policy, as you mentioned, for the uh, working engineering of our cars. And no, this is not a good idea for feeding the world's hungry. This is a triple bad idea. And oh, by the way, yes, as I mentioned before, inflation is really, really bad. And I think what's most infuriating is the, how obvious it is this administration really has no idea how to solve this. I think it was one of the White House... Uh, economic policy advisors who'd said today that, you know, Rick Scott and the Republicans are in lockstep with a lockstep with Putin for blaming Joe Biden for the inflation crisis. Well, look, is this all Joe Biden's fault? No, but it certainly wasn't helped when he and the Democratic Party chose to throw out another couple trillion in, in COVID relief. I want to say about 1.9 or so early in his presidency. We had already spent about four trillion. We all, you know, what is inflation? It is too much money chasing too few goods. If you ever watch DuckTales, when they have money that reproduces itself and keeps duplicating itself, sooner or later, a cup of coffee costs a million dollars because the money loses its value. That's what we were doing by printing, by hitting print. And actually, we don't even need, we don't even need like to run cash because very people use cash anymore. They just basically transfer the money to the banks. But basically, there's a ton of money in the economy right now and not nearly enough goods to catch up. The Fed's probably going to raise interest rates. That's going to create its own economic headaches. But in the end, the Biden administration's attitude for this has been hope that it gets better. And several times over the past year, first he said there was no chance of uh, sustained inflation. And then he keeps saying, we think we've seen the worst of it. And then the next month's numbers come out and it's not the worst of it. It's gotten even worse. Biden has no idea how to solve this. And it's one of those, you know, it is the single biggest issue facing the country right now. Or certainly the one that Americans are feeling the most. It's the ones that they're saying they want him to prioritize in all this public opinion polling. And the only thing the Biden administration has to offer is the blame game. Mr. President Biden, that's not going to get it done. Yeah. And silly gimmicks. I mean, his only solution so far are this and to open up the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which is not for this purpose. But uh, that's the only cards he's willing to play at this point. He's got an ace up his sleeve. He just won't do it uh, with the domestic energy production. Uh, and it's, you know, that noted 
uh, right-wing radical Larry Summers, the Treasury Secretary under uh, Bill Clinton, who pointed out exactly what you did, Jim, that it was the uh, $1.9 trillion COVID relief bill in early uh, 2021 that really uh, was the tipping point for this inflation problem. So I don't know how we make Scrooge McDuck the Treasury Secretary because he's not a real person um, or human, even if he was real. But, uh, uh, you know, he would do a better job than what we've got right now. I was going to say, it goes – I, I, a good chunk of this episode is on YouTube. And I remember watching it as a kid. It was kind of funny. But then as you get older, it is the most clear and vivid demonstration of the value of money. And I don't just mean you know, the idea of saving money. The idea that money is only it, – it, you know, it, our, our coins are just chunks of metal, right? Our bills are just – I believe they're cotton. They're not actually paper. Um, but it actually makes the you – know, their value is what we assign to them. And if somebody, if, if you have a million dollars, that's great. But if everybody in your community has a million dollars, then all of a sudden a million dollars doesn't mean what it used to. And that's, that is the dynamic that is at work here, which is why you can't just make things better by printing more money and hope that things, you know, shake out the way they're supposed to, which is essentially what the administration did. Well, actually, but this administration, you know, you could argue whether the Trump administration spent too much in COVID relief while it was in power. But there really wasn't a need for another round of, of stimulus checks and all of that in early 2021. And yet that's what the administration did. And now we are paying for it. See, exactly. DuckTales teaching valuable things. So uh, back to our education discussion. You know, if you focus on the things that will actually help people in life, uh, turns out the education's pretty valuable. If not, it's a waste of time and it just makes people really angry. All right, uh, Jim, let's move on to our second great sponsor of the day. And that is my pillow. Uh, and look, when you're spending so much more money on everything, uh, getting a great deal, also very important. And that's where the fantastic deal can help you out right now. The six-piece towel set, regularly $109.99. Now you can get it for just $39.99 a set. The MyPillow towels are made with cotton grown right here in the United States. Now, some other towels might feel good, but they don't absorb very well. Or maybe they absorb, but they don't feel right. They've got that lotion-y feel. Well, every MyPillow towel is made from proprietary technology that makes them highly absorbent and soft to the touch. Every set comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. They are available in a variety of colors and sizes. They're machine washable, and they have a 60-day money-back guarantee and a one-year limited warranty. I do love the towels. They're big, they're soft, they're fluffy, and they stay that way wash after wash. For a limited time, get the MyPillow six-piece towel set, regularly $109.99, for only $39.99 with the promo code MARTINI. Visit MyPillow.com Martini or call 800-874-0104. You'll also find deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow Giza Dream Sheets, and so much more. Get your six-piece MyPillow towel set for only $39.99 today at MyPillow.com slash martini or call 800-874-0104. One more time, MyPillow.com slash martini. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. 
No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Jim, on to our crazy martini now. And uh, as many of our listeners know, you predominantly work from home. During the pandemic, I did as well. And now I'm some days in the office, some days not. Uh, some jobs, though, require you to be on site uh, much more frequently than others. And if our jobs required that on a daily basis, we would do that. But apparently, for one member of Congress, it's just too hard. It's Hawaii Congressman Kai Kahele. He is a Democrat, and he has not been on Capitol Hill since January. He's missed key meetings, Hot Air says, bearing on important issues in his home state, and his office doesn't seem to be hustling in his absence. Oh, and he's also a trained pilot, and he's uh, doing flights for Hawaiian Airlines, which he's got to be careful about because apparently, according to congressional rules, you can't make more than $29,000 on any side job when you're a member of Congress. But of course, Nancy Pelosi's got this proxy voting now, Jim, uh, so you don't have to be there to actually register your vote. But um, as Hot Air also points out here, and as the uh, original story points out as well, it's not like there's a big COVID problem, unless you went to the gridiron dinner a couple weeks ago, uh, and uh, things ought to be settling down. I know it's a long flight, but you kind of knew that when you got elected. So (laughs) what do you make of this guy going on three months now uh, without actually showing up on the Hill? Well, I suppose. so first of all, this really does raise the question of proxy voting. And is it, you know, is this a privilege that was put in place during COVID-19 that is now being abused? There's also a part of us who might feel like, you know, I don't necessarily, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't like Democratic congressmen or generally agree with, disagree with them. So if they don't show up to work, that's fine. Although if you don't show up to work, there's a question of whether your vote really should be counting. Um, also, I, I guess we should, you know, we're always complaining Democratic members of Congress don't understand how the private sector works. Greg, should we give him a little bit of credit for actually holding down more or less a full-time private sector job? <laughs> sure, I guess. But again, this is a statement about the Biden economy, where even Democratic members of Congress need to work two full-time jobs at the same time. Um, the other thing that jumps out at this, uh, it reminded me of way back before National Review, I worked at a wire service called States News Service. And one of the rare good ideas, uh, one of my least favorite I, I would say least favorite editors, but that assumes that there was a there was a favorite editor, um, <laughs> but who basically said we should look into which congressman's office has the most money left over and gives it back to the Treasury. Everybody's congressional office gets a certain amount. Some of it's based on your distance from Washington, D.C. Some of it's based on what committees you're on. Uh, all kinds of other factors determine how much of a budget you get for running your office. And from that, you can hire a whole bunch of staffers, you know, with low salaries. You can hire fewer salaries, uh, fewer staffers with higher salaries and stuff like that. And I looked at all the numbers for several years and it was very, very clear um, that certain, you know, the certain uh, members of Congress who thought of themselves as being fiscal conservatives spent every last dime that they were allocated by this complicated formula. And certain members who were considered liberals did not spend every last dime and, in fact, returned some of that money back to the Treasury at the end of the year. And I was pleasantly surprised to find, I believe, year after year, and again, this this is back from the, I was working there from like 2002 to 2004, so my memory might be a little fuzzier, but I, you know, the senator who had the most money returned every last year was Senator Daniel Inouye, Democrat of Hawaii. And you might be thinking, huh, 
Well, that guy's never saw a spending bill he didn't like. He's never been anything of a fiscal conservative. Why is he doing it? Well, the answer is, is that uh, member, you know, Congress would often adjourn for the weekend, you know, adjourn on a you know late Thursday or early Friday and say, oh, don't worry, we're not coming back until a few pro forma votes Monday evening and the real work starts on Tuesday. But if you're in Washington D.C., you know, you get, if you if you're a senator from you know almost any one of the 48 contiguous states, your member and your and Congress is not in session. Your members, your your people back home want you back in the district. They want you back in the state. You better be going out, pressing this flesh, you know, showing up at events, letting people know what you're doing in Washington. You know, this sort of retail uh, uh, staying in touch with your constituents matters. But in Hawaii, they all kind of understand that it's, it's nearly a day to get out there. It's nearly a day to get back. It doesn't make sense for Hawaii's members of Congress and Hawaii's senators to uh, go back every weekend. The Congress is not in session. So as a result of it, Daniel Inouye didn't went, only went back to his, uh, to his home state when Congress was out of session for more than a weekend. So he ended up having a whole bunch of his travel budget that he didn't use. And at the end of it, he's like, okay, end of the year, let's send it back to the Treasury. And I remember doing an interview with him and he was he was a bit surprised that he was the guy who was returning the most money to the Treasury. But his whole attitude was like, well, I don't need it. I only get back every, you know, once a month or so. Um, and it was and, and nobody, as far as I could tell, nobody in Hawaii had any real problem with it. Nobody felt like he was neglecting his constituents. It was just a matter of Hawaii is just a heck of a lot further away than every other state. So that you know, I, I wondered about that. But then when you see he's got his, you know, oh, he's missing a lot of votes because he's back in Hawaii or something. But no, Greg, he apparently is also working a lot of time as a pilot. <laughs> so I, I think the members of people in Hawaii have a perfectly legitimate point to say to this guy, do you really want this job? And if you don't want this job, we'll find somebody else to do it. Because, oh, by the way, he was giving uh, his predecessor, um, Tulsi Gabbard, all kinds of grief for missing her job because she was running for president and stuff like that. So uh, a truly bizarre case of this and an indication that a guy managed to get into Congress and just doesn't seem all that interested in the job. Well, I mean, if I had that job, I'd want to live in Hawaii, but I also wouldn't run for Congress, knowing that yeah. uh, the point <laughs> of the know. job is to be in Washington when, when you're needed there. My only follow-up question is, uh, can we convince Maisie Hirono to do this? I was going to say, maybe we shouldn't make too much fun of this guy. Maybe we ought to get this idea to catch on. If we could just get rid of the proxy votes, this would be fantastic. <laughs> Stay home. There's not, we don't need you anyway. Enjoy yourself. Take that long weekend. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Corumbus, Radio America. Thanks so much for being with us today. Please subscribe to the Three Martini Lunch if you don't already. Tell a friend about us as well. We're very grateful for your five-star ratings and your kind reviews. Please, please keep those coming. They're a big help to us. Get us on your home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch podcast. Follow us on Twitter. He's at Jim Garrity. I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Have a great Tuesday, and please join us again on Wednesday for the next Three Martini Lunch. Hi, it's Dana Lash, host of The Dana Show. Every day, I'm here to keep you up to speed on the most important stories and info that you need to know in your very busy life. And if you're always on the go and you want to stay connected, just download our daily podcast and take it with you. It's a great way to get up to speed on what you need to know and what legacy media may not be telling you. Visit danaradio.com and click on the podcast link or subscribe at iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Todd Herman, host of The Todd Herman Show. You might have heard me on Rush Limbaugh's show. I was a regular fill-in for about eight years. I now do a show out of the high mountains of free America because, you know, I got exiled from Seattle. Google Gemini correctly predicts the present day. Mind control matrix. The internet, television, even our phones wouldn't just be distractions, but tools used to manipulate the masses and suppress critical thinking. I said that correctly. Check out The Todd Herman Show every day on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.